Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You know, every so often uh, when we're getting ready to talk to Zach Abraham, as we're doing now, um, I, I, I will get the video thing going one day. I know people get sick of me saying that, but man, I wish you could have seen his face when I played this last clip. I just... The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America... Here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. People who do not seek wise counsel seek their own devices, seek to, uh, people who isolate themselves seek to use their own devices and Wise counsel, you make good decisions. Wise counsel joins us this morning. He's not a lawyer, for gosh sake. He's the chief investment officer, Boer Capital Management. Zach Abraham, welcome back to the Todd Herman Show. Hey, man, it's always good to be back. And if I was a lawyer, wouldn't that automatically make it non-wise counsel? (laughs) (laughs) We've got some lawyers who listen, and I bet there's probably some uh, lawyers who've got some sizable portfolios over there with you. Yeah, there are, and I and, and to, to the sane ones out there, uh, I apologize. I'm just I'm I'm speaking mostly to the government uh, working right, government involved JDs. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think I think we know the audience of which you speak. Um, let's get <laughs> off with right off the bat with this um, collapse of Sri Lanka. Uh, so I've been watching and you probably have to, um, the, the way the Dutch farmers have so, uh, happily adopted the ESG diktats over there and, and what with the, uh, the groups of, uh, farmers committing suicide together and whatnot, uh, and then blocking, locking their country up. Um, and I, I just, I'm sick of seeing it on the news, man. I mean, every time I turn on the TV news, it's the Dutch farmers and, and the, the Scottish farmers have joined them and Italian farmers, um, that's an ESG thing, right? This, uh, this nitrogen panic. Yeah. It, 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 there, I, there's, <clears throat> uh, our, our analyst, um, a guy by the name of Chase Taylor, that just, it, he, he's one of the, I mean, he's one of the best macro analysts I've ever run into. And, uh, and I, I don't say that because he's ours. I say that because he became ours because he's one of the best macro analysts that I've ever run into. When I say macro, I mean, you know, macro is a, is a runoff from ESG and, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's third uh, um, order events, right. That, that stems from this whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, and there's, and it's just knock on effect after knock on effect after knock on effect. And this is something that we've been talking about for a while. The, I think that you will continue to see this impact these other peripheral countries uh, just kind of like a domino effect, right? Where it's just going to keep rolling and rolling and rolling. The other thing, and, and they're getting really double whammy right now, because if you look at the dollar, we've set a new high today. Now we're sitting at, I believe, a 23 and a half year high. The DXY index is at 109.16 last I checked, which, which, make, which is a complete exacerbation of all these other problems, right? Because not only are these people having to buy these goods that are uh, undersupplied because of ESG, because of malinvestment, because of the misallocation of capital. But remember all of these commodities on an international basis are all, all of those trades are transacted in US dollars. So it's not just the shortage of the good itself. It's also the soaring dollar that is just killing these people. And um, you're gonna continue to see these, these what, what we refer to as rolling currency and commodity crises around the world because of what they're doing. Yeah. And then we add to that, uh, let's, let's destroy, um, livestock. 
Uh, let's make sure that the Dutch farmers can no longer produce uh, livestock and meat. Uh, let's drive those markets down. Um, and we combine that. And, and, and Sri Lanka has fallen. I mean, their prime minister it, had to do an emergency resignation and then people got into the, uh, the palace. I would point this out, though, Zach. I do want to make sure that we are balanced and share good news. Um, the Politico uh, has in their finance pages has written a piece that says pay raises are getting smaller. That could be a good thing for workers. So <laughs> that's, that, that's, hey, that, that's you, a true headline. That's a true headline. I, I, we, <laughs> we got on today and I think the comment I said to you about one other topic that we're going to cover is just that my blood's boiling. Yeah. There are these days where you look around and you go, you know, and, and I don't mean this in the profane way, but truly you're like, oh my God, what, what, what is going on, right? What, who, what is this? It reminds me of in, in Lord of the Rings where he, uh, where, where Gandalf's talking to, I want to say that one of the kings and he, and he says, when did you, or no, he was talking to Sauron, right? Or, or Saruman. I always get those ones mixed up. But he goes, when did Saruman the wise replace madness wisdom. You know what I mean? Or, yes. and you just, you look at it and you go, what in the world? Now we know the people at the top, right? The, the, the puppet players and all that kind right. of stuff. I, I get them. What blows my mind, Todd, is how many people are not that and are not part of, part of the elite that don't, you know, subscribe to all of that. And yet they buy it hook, line and sinker. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, even something little small, I, I saw a clip today of, of uh, Alex Stein, in my opinion, disgustingly chasing AOC and harassing her on the, on the congressional state, right? I just don't think if you disagree with a woman's politics, you, you make sexual, disgusting comments to her. Right. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, you know, just it, watching her walk up with her two handlers with no masks on and she's got a mask on. You just sit there and go, when, when, did, you, when did we just start accepting Kabuki theater as, as policy? When did we just start accepting that this was just, that <laughs> this is just normal, right? If not wise, right? If, if not, if not the responsible thing to do, it just, I, it's a mad world, man. It is. And the Lord, you know, in Job uh, five twelve, he thwarts the plans of the crafty so that their hands achieve no success. That doesn't say he does that when we want him to. It doesn't say within our timing, right? Because Job would have had things. Job would have had things back a lot earlier. Um, but the, but but the Lord wasn't ready to do that. Um, Micah two verse one: Human plans and God's plans. Woe to those who plan inequity. To those who plot evil on their beds at morning's light, they carry it out because it is in their power to do it. Uh, but woe to them, right? And and that's what we're seeing with like the the ESG stuff uh, in Sri Lanka. Uh, it, it, no one's saying it caused it, uh, but it absolutely contributed to this. And so when you say rolling currency crises, you don't think that rolling currency crises gets to the United States in a, let's say, violent uprising way. Yeah, I, well, I was going to actually bring this up. So the thing that we need to be watching, and I know, you know, again, we've been talking about this for three or four years on our show. Yeah. and we were really, we've been dismissed by a lot of people, but I think you see it playing out now where we said, look, I understand what you're saying about the U S fiscal situation and, and, the, and the, uh, and all the issues and the debt and all that kind of stuff. But we said that the, that the Achilles heel of this entire system is actually dollar strength. That's what you want to watch. If you want to watch, um, because here's, here's what's, here's what's happening right now. And this is why we're so confident that, that I, I think all this talk of, are we in a recession mm-hmm. is hilarious because we are, there's, there's, there's no question <laughs> yeah, about it. Hilarious. <laughs> and, <laughs> Recessions are hilarious. <laughs> in, 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 yeah, I, we are. And, and one of the, and one of the, re- one of the simple reasons why is, um, when, when you look at the, We've had crazy high right? it, it, at several different points. This has been the most expensive stock market in U.S. history, and one of the one of the lines of logic to justify that those prices and those insane valuations was that these companies aren't like companies of old. These are global companies, so even though they look like they're a, a, a ridiculously sized portion of the U.S. economy. We can't look at them that way anymore because they're global companies. Okay, well, here's the problem with that. If that's the logic you use for exorbitantly high valuations, 
that dollar skyrockets in price, their earnings and revenue are going to drop. Because here, here's a little thing that is going to shock some people. If you arbitrarily raise the price of something by 35 to 50% in the space of 18 months, right? People are going to buy less of it. Wow. Um, and yeah, crazy, huh? Now here, here's the, here's the, the let, let's get a little conspiratorial here for a second. Here's the thing that concerns me. The dollar skyrocketing the way it is. Because to me, the dollar skyrocketing is the, is the, is the impetus. It's the primer, in my opinion, that will fire off the talk and the move toward a one, a true one world currency, because it's going to cause all of this economic pain around the world. And they go, all right, we're, we need to alleviate this problem that we created by the way, but we need to alleviate this problem. And the way we're going to do this, the way the stock market bounces back, the way your 401k is going to recover is look at what has happened here with the dollar. It's too strong. It's killing our company's uh, revenues and profits. We need to form a, a worldwide. We're citizens of the world, Todd. We're not Americans. We're citizens of the world. Right. And we need to form a worldwide currency. And the way we're going to get all of these countries to join our worldwide currency is we're going to forgive the mountain of sovereign debt that they have piled up over the last 20 years that everybody knows they can't repay in nominal terms. And that just, just, it, it reminds me it, biblical terms, right? Not only will the vast majority of countries and people go along with that, they will cheer it. They will cheer it. You have fixed our problem, right? Th- this is what concerns me. Everybody's, you know, I know everybody, the dollar is going to plummet in value. The dollar is going to plummet in value. Guys, that ain't the thing you should be afraid of. You should be afraid of it spiking because if the dollar plummets in value, all of these countries around the world, their problems go away instantly. Okay. The, the dollar strength is the thing, in my opinion, that is going to create the new currency regime and it's going to be sold like the vaccine, right? Like here's the fix to all your problems. This ends the chaos. This ends the carnage. Here you go. Applaud us while we enslave you, right? <laughs> so should I, at this point, just pull together um, all the sound bites I have of them saying they're going to do this over the last three years? Because I can, I can back you up for the words from World Economic Forum types. We can go look at the plans they already have. They already announced that they want your injection status tied into your digital currency. And the people who run Joe Biden have him signing, I think, what is it now, two executive orders to push for this, to push for the study of this. Um, we had Powell out saying, yeah, really what we're going to need is that. I mean, he said it a couple of weeks ago. What we're going to need, obviously, is we're going to need to push forward with the digital currency. Um, and I, I firmly agree. I don't know that it's a conspiracy theory when people are saying, hey, let's trap all people into one digital currency. Right. That's if it's a conspiracy. Well, then we're in it. You and I are participants in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, <clears throat> and and look, I think the way that getting back to will this work? Yeah. No, I don't think it will. Um, and getting back to it, you know, it's, it, you were quoting that, you were quoting that verse, men make plans and God laughs, right? Right. Um, I think they'll push for it to happen. What I'm saying is it's not going to work. And I think there'll be massive revolts and I think there'll be massive upheaval and it's not going to be fun or pretty. Um, but what, what the world will find out is that when you replace free markets with your, with bureaucratic bodies and bureaucracy, um, the people aren't going to be happy. Even the ones that claim they're for socialism, right? Cause you have this, you have this socialism light aspect around the world that has made it so much more palatable, right? Because, you know, people, I always laugh when people go, well, look at how well it's worked in the Northern European countries like Norway and Finland. And you go, guys, they're surrounded by free market economies, which they can buy goods from that are created in efficient, in an efficient way. They're not a true, so, you know, right. It's not true socialism because it would be like if the USSR back in the day could have had free trade agreements with all these, with all these uh, uh, free economies, right? They, they, they wouldn't have collapsed the way they did, and they certainly would have lasted a lot longer because they're able to take advantage of the efficiencies of free markets. As we move this direction, you're seeing it in the commodity space, and people are like, well, Zach, you said oil is going to 200, and it's good. Just wait. Just wait. They, this, you, oh, people are going to be like, oh, oil problem's fixed. It's not fixed. Well, what's happening is you're seeing a pullback in global demand. Now, at the same time, on the, on the front of oil, you're also seeing China come back online. Now, that's one of the things that people are forgetting. You look at the commodity tightness. You look at the tightness between supply and demand. China's been effectively on lockdown. 
right? They're the, they're the biggest consumers of commodities. So when they come back online, in our opinion, that's going to swamp out any demand destruction that you have here based on a recession, right? Because supplies are still so tight. Um, and I, and I just, I continue to believe that this whole commodity thing is going to be, you know, it's, that's the tipping point. That's the part of it that they cannot control. They they might be able to release the SPR, the strategic petroleum reserve. They can do things that blunt the pain in the near term, but they, they, you know, you can't control this. Yeah. I know the Chinese communist party is very grateful for the oil. We sold them out of our, uh, out of our fund, out of our strategic oil reserves. And that helped uh, the share prices or helped the, uh, the, the, the personal economy of the people who, Hunter Biden's a partner in their firm. So, I mean, that's that much more crack cocaine that Hunter can buy and apparently argue with prostitutes about, no, no, honey, it's 2.09 grams. And she's saying this 2.07. And gosh, I wonder what they were spending that uh, that currency on. It, it boggles the mind. Um, so there's yeah. a, here's an interesting number. Um, this is from the separate country of California. And this is, I'm, I'm quoting Zero Hedges numbers here, Zach, that from 2008 to 2021, California's all sector electricity prices increased five times faster than the rest of the continental United States. And, and, and there are people now have been told a couple of times, hey, don't charge your Teslas. Can, can you not charge your Teslas? Uh, I learned through talking with someone who was a water expert in California and worked in municipal water design and, you know, trying to make sure that the infrastructure is okay, that California loses about 35% of its water in its major cities because they haven't upgraded the pipes to leakage. So while they're making farmers, you know, destroy crops because there's, quote, not enough water in the cities like Los Angeles, you have 35% of the fresh water simply washing back into the ocean or being combined with sewage. And California, I mean, is California the, the closest thing we have to a Sri Lanka on this continent, in that separate country? Yeah. Well, yeah, other than the fact that the vast majority of them don't realize it. I mean, talk about the frog in boiling water, right? Like, I mean, you look at these Californians that can continue to vote the way they do. And look, I'm not one of those guys that believe, I don't, I don't believe one party has the answer. I mean, I do believe that one party is mostly sane and the other one's not, but it, the fact that these people continue to vote these clowns in the office where you're sitting there going, guys, this isn't about political ideology. This is about idiocy versus sanity. I mean, that, that's, that's it. And are they as close to, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't think of one that's more insane or that's more backwards or that's more upside down. Um, it's just, it's just crazy. And then, and then <laughs> right down to the point where we, we're going to send you money to help offset the pain of inflation. And you're like, uh, so, right. so, do you, so do you mean that you're going to subsidize demand while you do nothing to help production? Okay. You're, you're making this problem worse. It's just, I, so just, like I said, I think it's like third grade. It's like third grade geopolitics, right? You look at all of the, all of the solutions that these people come up with and try to put into practice. And it's, it's the type of ideas that you would come up with if you told these problems to a third grade class and asked them to fix them. Right. It, it's yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I think that's a great way to explain it. Since we mentioned uh, water and the separate country of California, uh, when we continue, I want to have Zach uh, respond pretty much lifetime. I'll be honest. He's heard about uh, 15 seconds of this, um, but I want Zach to be able to respond to this interview with Deb Holland, who gets to call herself the interior secretary. Uh, we played it yesterday, but if you haven't heard it in this context of actually having a guy who has to steward people's finances, hear commentary like this. I, I think it'll be enjoyable for you, if not instructive and maddening. Zach Abraham's with me. Our friends at Allen's Artisan Soaps have done something for small business owners, or maybe big business owners, really. Um, and I think this is for folks who meet people in their houses. It makes the most sense to me, but maybe it's also for retail stores. Um, this is inspired by a listener who got in touch with the folks at Allen's Artisan Soaps and said, hey, I want to give your soap as gifts. So I'm thinking of real estate agents and, and people who go, you know, like do bids in houses. We had some guys out to, to fell some trees for us and give us a bid for that. Um, people who come into homes or, you know, visit people that way. Uh, what he's done at Allen's Arson Soaps is they've created a DIY gift pack. So this lets you 
give these gifts to, to people. And what you're doing in Allen's Arson Soaps is it's not just the soap made in America, small batches. You know the story of Allen, so deeply impacted by autism that he's nonverbal, but that doesn't stop him from being productive. He works every single day and he doesn't whine about it. He loves his soap company and he loves inventing new soaps with the help of his father and, and three generations of soap making history behind him. The DIY gift pack comes with 24 bars of soap, your choice, whatever, whatever sense you want at 20% off. It includes 24 hand stamped craft handle bags with 50 sheets of craft tissue paper at the checkout. Uh, that's only at the checkout. You get the option uh, to add 24 sisal pouches or soap racks also at 20% off. Add your business card or thank you note. Boom. Now you have a unique gift, but you also get a chance to share your belief, your support for the fact that all lives matter, all life, because it's a conversation starter. Hey, tell me about the picture of this young man and the soap I got. Yeah. Now you get an opportunity to say we back businesses like this. You get this at allenssoaps.com slash Todd. That's A-L-A-N-S soaps.com slash Todd. And it's a great conversation starter for your clients simply to talk. You don't have to do the abortion thing right off the front. You can say, yeah, this kid has autism and he works every day. It's a fantastic story, but it gets people to thinking. If this company can earn a profit without using robots, why can't others? Well, it's not that they can't, it's that they won't. AlanSoaps.com slash Todd. Zach... I was just doing an internal countdown in my mind. Three, two, one to the blow up of Zach Abraham here. Um, <laughs> I played part of this for you earlier. Uh, guys, this is Deb Holland, and she gets to call herself the interior secretary. It takes a bit to get to what I think is the most glorious accidental statement of honesty, what we used to call a Kinsey gaffe. Um, but Zach, uh, feel free to at any point through this. Um, to, to say, to tell me to pause, give me the hand sign for pause, whatever that is, free to add commentary to this. Um, but this is Deb Holland. Now, mind you, this is testimony in front of the Senate. You'll hear a question and then Deb Holland will sort of respond after she thinks a bit about how to brilliantly respond Not to the statement. in the Gulf. Importing foreign energy also increases emissions because other countries sending us these resources have lower emission standards than we do. Are you aware that a no-sale option could, in fact, increase the price of all energy, oil, gas, coal, and electricity? Thank you for that comment, Senator. I, I appreciate that. So are you aware that it could increase the price of the energy, oil, natural gas, coal, and electricity is a question. Am I, well, I, I, and I, I am, I appreciate your perspective on this. Um, when we are talking about our five-year plan and our job um, at the interior, um, it isn't, we don't take cost into consideration in that respect um, because we're focusing on uh, managing our natural resources. Let's <laughs> just pause oh. for a second. Whoa! All right, just let go. What? what? <laughs> well, I, mm, you know, okay. So first of all, not surprised to hear that complete vapid nonsense. Yeah. But, but second of all, the 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 economic illiteracy here is it it it's frightening. We don't concern ourselves with cost. <laughs> well, cost is a direct reflection of supply. This. this what I, mm, I, what, what, I mean, there, there is no greater knock-on effect of cost than, than a reflection of supply. You can't separate it. it, it it's, oh, I mean, where I, this goes back to the third grader comment. You know, people are like, oh, Zach, well, it's all intentional. Listen to that lady. It's not intentional. I, 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 I mean, listen to her. Right? She, this is not, this isn't a George Soros, you know, uh, toady that's, <laughs> you know, that's, I, I, I don't, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I get your point because I mean, Soros wouldn't hire her to clean floors. 
Oh, I, yeah. It, and she's the, she's the secretary of the interior and she's worried about, she's handling our natural resources and she doesn't care about cost. Like what, what, what other, what other way? I, I, I don't even know what that means. What, what, it, <laughs> So I just, I imagine your world, you know, you're having a portfolio discussion, checking with someone on the growth of their portfolio. They'll look at it and go, wow, I had a lot of gains here. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, we, you were up 11, 11%. Why is my portfolio down? Um, at, you know, 20%. Oh, we had some costs. We had some, uh, you don't track those? Yeah, yeah. No, no, we're just, no, we're just wet track costs. That's not our job. You didn't yeah. ask us to track our corporate costs. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're going to use this money to retire or anything. I mean, what, you know, what do you, what, you know, what's your, what's your big deal, right? We're doing things the right way. We're buying ESG companies. Just sit down and shut up and enjoy the ride. I, this it's wow. Yeah. I, I uh, yeah, yeah. I, it, it takes a lot, Todd, but that rendered me speechless. <laughs> well, the part that gets me, and, and I, I really encourage people to do this, is just try this in the real world. Try it in any job where you have a budget. Try it in any job where you're responsible for a budget. And, and just try this. We don't track costs. Just, just, just try this. We don't, we don't pay attention to that. Or when your boss asks you a direct question, do you know where the, let's see, let's do it this way. Do you know where the chainsaw is? I appreciate your comment. Well, we don't track. <laughs> we don't track chainsaws. We, we don't, we don't track locations, right? <laughs> I, it, 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 and here's my thing. I I think it. I, I really think the only thing that's going to get the, the the common man's attention here is is massive economic strife. Yeah. But at some point, even people like we all need to just wake up and go. Look, guys. Politics aside, we are being led by morons I, it, it, that are creating crisis after crisis. Whether it's intentional or unintentional, the out the impact is still the same. And you just got to figure you're, you're, we're on the cusp of some, I hope so anyway, some awakening where the average person wakes up and goes, listen, maybe we disagree on these things, but bottom line is we need to get competent adults in there. And these people are idiots. I, you, you, I mean, that has to be coming close. Okay. I, you would think that we're getting close to that. So I, I hate to say it because I really do not want to repeat myself, but blow it up. Why don't we just blow it up? And I, Zach, I, I stand by my three layer cake um, metaphor. I do because I, I, let me ask you, this, let me ask it this way. If they wanted to blow the system up without being able to be accused of blowing the system up, what would they do differently? Yeah, I. <laughs> what? No, think of this. You'd, yeah. hire, you'd hire people like Deb Holland. You ask her a, a, a simple question. Um, you know, when you're using oil and energy from company or countries with lesser environmental standards than ours, um, and that stuff has to be shipped over here, doesn't that increase cost and in fact sort of negates all the diktats you're employing on companies here to have environmental standards? And she looks at her and her, the best thing she can say is, thanks for the comment. Thank you for the thank you note. So you'd start by, because if you, if you build a company, what's the saying? Hire people who are smarter than who? The boss, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they're saying hire well, I mean, people they, dumber than I, the boss. No, no, no. I, I think that she is smarter than the boss. Right. Well, okay. Okay. In the you, case of you, Biden, you, but that's a house, <laughs> that's a house plant. Yeah. A lot of people are smarter than house plants, but that's assuming Biden's the boss. That, that whole hire, that all hire smarter than the boss. That bar has been lowered. That bar has been lowered exponentially. I mean, I don't know if you could slide a credit card under that bar. Um, <laughs> I, no, it, it, and here's here's the thing. You know me and my financial approach. Um, we we have a joke. We have a joke here, and I tell it to our clients all the times. I'm not a conspiracy theorist because conspiracies don't pay well. You know, but the further you get along you're looking at it now where I'm, I'm kind of going back on that because I'm sitting there going, if the, the fact that this is all intentional, it is the only thing that makes sense because you, 
you could not be more consistently idiotic and, and completely detached than these people are. I mean, if you, if, if these people, you could flip a coin a hundred times and these people would go over a hundred. They, they can't even lock themselves into a good answer. Um, it, no, you, you have a good point. Put complete incompetency in place and watch what happens. And this is it. And then you, like you talk about the, the, the point he made about, or the point she made about uh, environmental standards, it's a hundred percent correct. This whole idea that we're going to not produce here, we're going to put more money into the hands of guys like uh, MBS, right? Uh, you know, doing all the things he's doing. We're going to put more money into the hands of Russia. You know, people are like, well, we've got, look, the oil shortages, all that kind of stuff. This is good for Russia. Russia makes more money off the bottom line. You're literally fueling the people you claim to be enemies and sticking it to the American voting bloc. It's just, it is, oh my gosh, it's just madness. You know, you know my, it's not chaos theory, right? Because you know about chaos theory. Well, obviously, you know about chaos theory. Yeah. But my, I have mm-hmm. a theory called it's not chaos theory. So, so chaos. Yeah, well, because if it's in, chaos, yeah, because if it's intentional, right? Right. Chaos results in ups and downs and sideways and implosions and explosions, and that's chaos. Um, organized chaos, on the other hand, all goes one way. Oh, look, everything we're doing is making everything more expensive, and at the same time, creating behavioral kill shoots to where we want you to go. We want you to um, not be able to afford cars. We want you in electric cars that we own and you rent. Uh, We want you to eat fake meat. We want you to take um, mRNA injections into your body and to allow us to, to completely alter your DNA. We want you to be beholden to us. We want to be able to restart the economic system because we, even as arrogant as we are, we know that if, if 90% of the people learns and truly understood the degree to which we have raided the public coffers and transferred your money into our pockets with skullduggery and thievery and lies, that, that, that people would rise up and we might well find ourselves like the prime minister of Sri Lanka kicked to the curb. So it's the, it's the, it's not chaos theory when all the mistakes go the same way Um, because stupid people, like if Deb Holland was stupid, she might just one day do something smart. You know, the, the, the broken clock is wrong twice a day. She won't because she's led by her beak. That's, that's, so I stand by my theory of the three layer cake metaphor. Yeah, well, and that's what's so pernicious. It's funny enough. I don't know if we talked about this before. before. My grandfather was a pretty accomplished author and, and wrote a newsletter and was very active. He was actually the coordinator for the, for the Western United States for the John Birch Society. So if you were to describe him politically, well, he described himself as being to the right of Attila the Hun. Uh, <laughs> so did Rush. But yeah, there you go. Um, but, but he wrote a book, uh, I want to say it was released in 91. I was just looking at it the other day. I've got it in my library and, um, I say library. I, I it's not like I have some oak and leather <laughs> chaired library, <laughs> but I mean my collection of books, I'll yeah. say that. Um, but he wrote a book called the greening where back in 91, he talked about how the far left would use uh, environmental tactics and environmental, environmental scare tactics to seize control of all levels of the economy uh, and to push toward a, 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 a one world government, one world order. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time he was called, you know, a conspiracy theorist. So yeah. It's remarkable to go back through the book and read it and listen to how many things he had dead on the nose. And one of the things that I think is so pernicious and so scary about the whole climate change aspect is that, for the layman, right? For the person that doesn't know what's going on. And even for the, you know, the bureaucrat that's outside the elite circles, if your cause is saving the planet, right? There is nothing that is unjust or that is illegal or is that, that is immoral because your cause is we are saving the planet. Therefore, any ends are justified. And that's what's so scary to me. And these people, the vast majority of people out there are not educated enough, are not why. And when I say educated, I am not talking about college degrees. I'm talking about knowledge. I'm talking about well-read. Yeah. They do not understand that those existential threats, uh, the, the, the real threat they are is to freedom. And that any time a government has made policy or actions based on an existential threat, 
it resulted in the collapse of freedom, period, period. Absolutely. And, and it's always um, instructive for me to remember that the, some of the people that the Obama administration hired were behavioral scientists. They were screenwriters. Remember that the Jan 6 uh, show, th- uh, show trial is being directed by a former ABC News director. That, and I, I go, you know, I go to my Oaken library with, you know, 32 stories of books, Mr. Library Dude. Um, I have a book called <laughs> Writing the Breakout Novel. And this is a guy who for years was a book agent um, and would help his authors, you know, write and sort of a book doctor. Then he said, why am I doing this? Why don't I just write? So he created a whole bunch of, you know, best-selling books. And here's his rule, raise the stakes. This is for thrillers. Um, raise the stakes, raise them again, and keep raising them. And this is the thing that the left has done. And now it's the party because now McConnell doesn't even want to shut any of this stuff down. Um, I have some news for you because you know that when I was in Seattle radio, I was often called the conspiracy theorist around COVID. So it's been a really interesting happening. Um, you know, I've been saying on Twitter that I would accept uh, apologies from people uh, for having called me a conspiracy theorist for saying the injections wouldn't work and that they're not vaccines and that they're going to lead to death and that this will never be over and the masks will come back and now that Fauci's saying that probably the masks need to come back uh, you'll love this Zach I got some interesting news that happened this morning in a second Talk with Zach Abraham, Bulwark Capital Management. Zach knows what it's like uh, to, to be someone who wants to maintain athleticism so I want to talk about soda weight loss from a different perspective. We've talked about people who are like my beloved father who allowed himself to become morbidly obese. Um, and there was a lot to that. I'm not saying my dad wanted that, but there was a lot to it. A lot of psychological things, depression, self-hatred. Um, and that's that's common with people. And please, please, as you hear these, these partner announcements, please know I love you without any regard to your size. And God loves you so dearly. Please know that. Um, but I want to talk to people who are sort of like me and Zach, like weekend warriors or weekday warriors. Zach was a great college football player. I wasn't a great college football player. I played little college football, a little tiny college. But we both like to stay in shape. And when I lost 150 pounds from my body, the only mistake I made is I didn't keep lifting big heavyweights. Other than that, I love my new life. I love that, that I can go put myself through a workout that, and I said this the other day to a friend of mine who's in very, very, very good shape. This is a guy who, I don't know, how do I put this into common terms? That he, he'll pop down and deadlift 400 pounds 10 times and then go run um, a, a 400 meter in like a minute and he'll do 10 rounds of that. So he's in somewhat good shape. I mean, if, if, if you lift weights, you understand. And by the way, he's my age, just so we're all clear. And I, I can't do that. But when I, I shared with this guy a workout I recently did, he read it and he said, with one hand? I said, yeah. He goes, gross. <laughs> That's gross. Why would you do that to yourself? That's gross. And I said, well, because I, I got to try to stay in, stay in shape and I love it. So I, I do want to talk to you guys. If you're gym rats and you still got the big bucket of goo around you, the unwanted body fat, soda weight loss can help you. How do I know? Well, the Dallas Cowboys. Did you know that? I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. The Dallas Cowboys exclusively uses soda weight loss to take unwanted fat off the bodies of their elite athletes. Yeah, you can do that. In fact, when I lost the, 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 the tonnage and I lost 95 pounds, I lost it in about 10 weeks. I mean, it poured off of me. It got frightening. My wife made the mistake of buying me jeans out of love, and she bought them for me halfway through, and they were done. I, I, I made a tent out of them and lived in the bedroom to punish her. I told you I was going to lose the weight. It's sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A weightloss.com. There's questions for Zach, too. I did. I solicited some questions for Zach. So, Zach, you know, um, I started, you know, kind of jokingly saying on Twitter, let's see, I was called a conspiracy theorist for backing the Great Barrington Declaration. 
I was called a conspiracy theorist for saying masks don't work. I was called a conspiracy theorist for saying that this is not going to ever go back to normal. They'll never let this stuff go. I was cautioned, man, you're destroying your career by talking about the injections this way. You know, you can't, you cannot go around questioning the public health authorities like you do. That's you are just going to come off as a conspiracy theorist. Now, all these years later that we see 90% of deaths in the UK are from people who've been mostly quadruple injected. And we see that the CDC has now actively been hiding death data, specifically cancer deaths and deaths in young people for six months. They just can't figure out how to get it added into their system. Darn the stinking luck. They just can't figure it out. Um, I, I finally, finally went and checked my, uh, my apology file and, and, and there's no apologies. That can't be. <laughs> Maybe they're in the junk folder. Did you look? No, no. People are so embarrassed to say, I got this so completely wrong. Right. And, 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 and that's the thing with this Deb Holland. She's embarrassed to say, Senator, I don't have any idea what you just said. Uh, that's far above my reading. Uh, can you put that in People Magazine terminology for me? What does Johnny Depp say? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what I think. You know what I think is so important, though, Todd. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's so important to hone in and really focus on why you thought what you did. My my father told me why he, I thought what I did. Didn't, yeah, they, yeah, and 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 if you wouldn't if you wouldn't mind me speaking for you, my my I grew up and my dad pounded into our heads. It's I'm not so concerned about what you know as I am concerned that you can think correctly, mm. right? That you can have a historical context and that you can work through things in kind of an, for lack of a better term, an Aristotelian way, right? To 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 work through you know the Socratic method if you want to use that one. Um, you know, the first this, then that, what's next, what leads to these things. And don't focus, if you're out there, or you're listening to this, don't focus on the fact that you got it wrong or whatever. Focus on why you got it wrong, right? Because I, and this is where it comes from me speaking for you and you can correct me at any point. But I think the reason you got it right was because you know how to think and you can smell when, you know, you're being herded, right? You're being cattle carded into this group. And when people speak with such certain terms with the hallmarks of it, right? Using fear as a motivator. Anytime you see these things happening, a rational person with, with a historical perspective and an understanding of bureaucracies and government should take a step back and go, hold on a second. Hold on a second. What, why am I being cattle card here? Why am I being, why, am, why is the fear mongering? What is What's going on here? And the alarm bells should go off. But all too often, even people that sympathize with our worldviews, they buy into the fear card, right? And you go, hey, guys, there's a difference between being cautious and being fearful. Fearful makes us set aside our logic, right? And run for the exits. Right. That's never, that's virtually never the right thing to do, whether we're talking about politics or finance or investing. It's hold on a second. Why? Why? Right? right. And, and. You know, don't, if you're one of those people that got it wrong, you know, I mean, for me, the perspective I was coming at it with the vaccine was I was just laughing at the whole FDA approved. You know, like, oh, no, no, it is FDA approved. And I go, guys, do you know how much money and time it takes to get something through FDA trials? And do you understand that the time is part of the deal, right? That, right. That's part of the deal. So if you, it, oh, well, we went through all the FDA trials. We just did it really quick. No, you didn't. You didn't go through right. all the FDA trials because that five to seven year period of time is a big part of the FDA right. trials, right? Right. And then, and now I know you're lying to me because I have a knowledge base that's, that, that, that fortunately includes that. And so I know it's a bold faced lie. And when you're lying to me on one aspect of it, it's like with your kids, right? You start pulling the, the string. You're like, oh, there's a shred of dishonesty here. Okay. Then that means this isn't an isolated lie. What is your lie trying to protect? Exactly. Right. Why are you lying? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I think that's why you got it right. Well, just, you, you, you come it, from a family history. Speaking, of, speaking again for you, putting words in your mouth, but <laughs> you just understand the way this works. You understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you come from a family history of people analyzing things and that's helpful. Um, I guess I come from a history of when I was a kid, I got into a lot of trouble. Okay. So I had to, I never, I did not lie about the things I did when I got in trouble. 
but I spoke very carefully. Okay, so um, I constructed narratives. No one knows a narrative construction like a narrative constructor. The other thing I have, though, is I've learned, uh, what did uh, Rush say? God rest him. Um, experience guided by wisdom, right? That that, that was one yeah. of the ways he looked at things. So there's, there's a street smart scenario to this. I was in downtown Seattle once, and I was walking back from a friend's house uh, because the buses had stopped, and I had to walk all the way up to the, the ghetto in, in uh, Capitol Hill, 21st and Yesler. And I had my guitar. And a very big man um, said, hey, uh, do you have a smoke? And I said, no, I, I don't smoke. Oh, uh, and then he turned and he put his back to the road and was now between me and the road where people could see me. And then he started to kind of invade my personal space, but I realized he was backing me up into an awning where no one could see me. Right. So um, I just gently moved to the side and then stood, you know, face to face with him. And he said, what sort of guitar is that? And I said, um, it's a guitar. And why don't you let me look at it? No, I'm not going to look at, look at my guitar. I'm not going to busy myself while you get ready to mug me. So what was I looking at? It's the same thing that we would all sense. Oh, wait a minute. Why are you standing this close to my door? wait a minute, I'm getting my kid out of the back seat. Why did you just approach, right? We, 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 I hope all of us have these self-defense scenarios built in. in. In COVID, it's the same thing as with Bill Gates and the food supply. I'm looking at this saying, wait a minute, why are you so determined to frighten me, right? Why are you doing this? That's the analysis I think that's important. Why are you doing this? Um, so I appreciate you bringing that up and you do the same thing, obviously, but on a far grander scale, may I ask you a question from a listener? I solicited some. Yeah, you bet. All right. So I know that you can't give, um, investment advice without a client services agreement being signed. So these would be sort of, um, these would be sort of generic questions, but this comes from a listener to the program. His name is Mike. Um, question for Zach Abraham. Hi, I'm 56, 31 years with Washington State, person two pension and other 457 type accounts. One of the 457s has about 720K in it um, in January 2022. Um, and it struck now down 100 grand. Should I move that uh, uh, to cash during this volatility or stick with it? Um, it is in an IRA S&P 500 um, index fund. Thank you so much for your show, Todd. Listen to your podcast every day. God bless. So, yeah, got to avoid the direct recommendation, but I can give absolutely general advice on this. Um, The actions that you should take in a portfolio like that should be a direct reflection of how close you are to retirement. One of the things that we talk to our clients about all the time is, remember, the rules for retirement are substantially different than the rules for acquiring funds to prepare for retirement, right? Um, when When we're 35, 40 years old, your only real response to markets dropping should be to keep throwing money at it, right? Because you're just dollar cost to averaging lower and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah. If you are sitting in a substantial amount of money in that fund, especially in the S&P 500, um, I would tell you to sell a big portion of it. Um, now, is it possible that six months from now, uh, the S&P could be higher and that may not be seen as a great move? Yeah, that's possible. Anything's possible. But what we want when we're preparing for retirement is we want to choose the allocation or we want to choose the path that leaves us in a good place regardless of what happens. One of the things that we tell our clients, when when the average client comes to us, they usually have about four different components of their portfolio. And they'll say to me, well, Zach, I just want it all in the fund you manage. And I go, no, you don't. And they kind of look at me weird, you know, like, what do you mean? No, I don't. I go, one of the reasons that we have four different parts of your portfolio is to insulate you from me, right? Because I'm going to have bad years and your retirement portfolio needs to succeed whether or not I'm right or wrong. Wow. Right. And so, so what I would say is, yeah, I do think that you should take a big portion of that and convert it to cash right now. And the reason I believe that is if you look at the markets day, everybody's like, oh, it's a bad year. Guys, you haven't seen anything yet. All this market has done in our opinion is normalized to higher rates, right? Rates go up, valuations need to come down. This market has still not incorporated at all the drop in earnings that is happening as we speak. People go, why do you think earnings are dropping? Input costs, guys. 
input costs. The other thing is the dollar, right? We, we sell to every part of the world, right? People in Japan and China and Indonesia, they're buying iPhones. Well, those iPhones, thanks to the surge of the dollar, have gotten 35, 40, 50% more expensive, right? Apple will make less money this year selling iPhones. You bank on it. And that's going to impact, I mean, I think you're probably going to see negative earnings and significantly negative earnings in every single sector of the economy except energy and commodities. So, you know, in that light, yes, you should sell some of it. Now, does that guarantee that you will not, that, that by the end of the year that perhaps the market's higher? Yeah, I don't see that happening, but the market's done things that I didn't think it would do before too. So, you know, who knows? The whole point is you need to set yourself up in a way where you are good regardless of the outcome. If you can't stomach another 30 to 40% loss in your assets, then absolutely, you should sell 40 to 50% of your holdings right now. You've got to be good either way. Yeah, it's a great way to answer it. Great way to answer it. Always appreciate you having on, uh, having you on. We got to get you over here to, to free America. I know you travel a bit and take the family around. What's it going to take to get, uh, to get you over here uh, to free America so I can show you around a little bit because you'd love the people over here. No, I got not much. I mean, okay. <laughs> we, let's, we, we got to, let's do an event. We got to, I, I'd be, I mean, I, I would love to, that'd be a great excuse to get over there. I mean, I, I love that part of the world too. Lake Ponderay. I grew up going over there yeah. for vacations as a kid. Uh, it's fabulous. All right. So let's, let's plan an event. Um, or maybe just you and I just, we'll, we'll pull together an event and we'll chat, maybe bring some friends in, but uh, we'll do something like that. So people can meet you in person again. Zach Abraham, chief investment officer, uh, Bulwark Capital Management, knowyourriskradio.com. Always appreciate you, my brother. Um, I just thank God that, that God grabbed you and said, Hey, Zach, uh, put me at the center. I, 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 it's good work by the Lord as always. Hey, thanks a lot, pal. Always fun to join you. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be mindful of the fact that God's timing is perfect and therefore not our own. All the schemes, he sees all of it, and he laughs at the schemers. And maybe this is an opportunity to thank God for laughing at the schemers. Thank you, Lord. How much do you spend from your paycheck in about 100 days? The Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski. Every day, Chris helps unpack the connection between politics and the economy and how it affects your wallet. The federal government is on pace to spend over $1 trillion per every 100 days. Are Speaker Johnson and congressional Republicans doing anything about it? Enough is enough. Whether it's happening in D.C. or down on Wall Street, it's affecting you financially. Be informed. Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Supreme Court rejects 14th Amendment arguments for kicking Trump off the ballot. The Biden administration admits secretly flying 320,000 illegals into the country last year. And some unhinged never-Trumpers want to ruin the lives of people seeking a no-labels third-party candidate. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day, and hopefully a lot of laughs, too. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.